Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell explains how your life can be radically changed through the power of God. I heard a story of a pig and a hen who were walking down the road. They saw a poster for the church that said, don't miss it, we're going to have eggs and ham at the potluck. And the hen said to the pig, isn't that nice that we can help the pastor out with the potluck? And the pig replied to the hen, he said, it's nice for you because you're making a contribution, but I'm making a sacrifice. Now somewhere between contribution and sacrifice is where every one of us ought to be living. Life can sometimes be overwhelming, and balancing all the competing demands we face can be a challenge. But God desires to give you a supernatural strength that only He can give. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. In our series, The Power of God, Pastor Chapel offers biblical insight and simple steps that can take you from where you are to where you want to be. As you apply the truth of God's Word, your life will change in ways you never thought possible. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chapel with part one of a message called Power to Enable. Well, most every one of us have heard the verse that is near the beginning of your outline this morning, and it is Ephesians 5.18. And Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Do you see that on your notes somewhere there? All right, let's say it together. If you have it there, let's read it together. Ready, begin. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be Now, the filling of the Spirit, in contrast to being drunk with wine, reminds us that even as the drunkard is under the influence of something, God wants us to be under the influence of His Spirit. And I believe this morning that all of us should consider who or what we allow to influence us. The wrong kinds of friends are going to influence you to the wrong kind of life. The right kinds of friends will influence you to the right kind of life. The Word of God will influence you to the right kind of life. The wrong kind of, uh, of media will influence you to the wrong kind of life. And this morning we're going to see in contrast that when a person receives Jesus as their Savior, they are born again by the Spirit and God's Spirit takes up residence in their life. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you have within you. And uh, the Bible teaches that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God wants to enable us and live through us. Now, as Peter wrote this book in the first century, it was what we might call a cyclical book written to many churches in Asia Minor or modern day Turkey. And as he wrote this book, it was during the Roman Empire. It was during a time when the Christians were suffering greatly. Sometimes they lost their jobs because they were Christians. And sometimes they lost their lives because they were Christians. There is no doubt in my mind that they needed power within them to get through the day-to-day life. Power that was greater than their own. And so it was that God wrote to them through this book to remind them that he was going to give them abilities and strengths and gifts whereby they might serve him effectively in that environment. And what I want you to learn this morning is this fact, that when God saved you, he gave you enablement and ability and gifts from his spirit that will help you to live the Christian life 
will help you to get plugged in and make a difference with your life for the glory of God. Sometimes we like to say that with God's calling comes God's enabling. God is going to strengthen us and enable us to serve Him. Now let me just give you an introductory thought about this so that we can all get on the same wavelength and understanding that God gives us spiritual enablement to serve Him. Look in your notes there at Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 just to kind of get the idea of it. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. All right, how many of you catch this right off the bat? God's giving us gifts that are different according to His grace, according to His strength. And He says some of the gifts, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, uh, speaking of serving, let us wait on our ministering, or He that teacheth uh, on teaching, or He that exhorteth on exhortation, He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, He that ruleth with diligence, He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Here are some of the gifts God says he gives to Christians at the time of their salvation in order that they might serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe at Lancaster Baptist that every member is a minister. All of us are given the opportunity to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in ministry. And sometimes God will put some of his greatest gifts into a flawed container in order that when the work gets done, God gets the glory. Sometimes people might look at a bunch of Baptists like us and say, what a motley crew, you know? How does anything get done over there at Lancaster Baptist Church? You know what we like to say? To God be the glory for the great things He has done. He enables us. He helps us to do what we do. That's what we want to learn about today. What gift has God given you and how can you serve Him more effectively? Let's dive into it this morning. Notice first of all the endowments of the Spirit. We're not talking about financial endowments primarily. We're talking about generally the gifts of the Spirit given to Christian people at the time of their salvation. Notice in 1 Peter 4 and verse 10, as every man hath received the gift. Now, the endowments of the Spirit are provided at salvation. Remember, this is a book written to Christians. And he says to these Christians, every man has received this gift at the time of salvation. Ephesians 4, 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Again, Romans 12, 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So we are saved by grace and we are gifted by the grace of God with divine ability to serve Him. These gifts come to us at the time of our salvation. Maybe you've heard that term, spiritual gifts. It's not speaking of the gift of forgiveness or the gift of a home in heaven. By the way, you do get that when you get saved too. But beyond that, God says, I want to give you an enablement or a divine ability whereby you may serve me more effectively. And so it is through salvation that we receive those gifts. But secondly, it is provided through grace, through the grace of God. Now notice verse 10 again. It says, as every man hath received the gift. And the Greek word there is the word charisma. And the gift speaks about favor which one receives without any merit of his own. Now, how many of you would agree that, number one, you don't deserve to be saved? That's the grace of God by itself. 
for by grace are you saved. Why? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But then beyond salvation, God says, I'm going to give you some gifts or some abilities whereby you might serve me. And while we focus on the spiritual gifts this morning, let me say that this speaks not only of the gifts like serving and teaching and giving and helping, but it speaks about using our talents and abilities for God. It speaks about living a holy and separated life for God. It speaks about forgiveness and hospitality. All that we do that is good is by the grace of God working through us as believers. And so when we think about these gifts, I want you to see three different truths about the gifts that God gives to us. Number one, there are different kinds of gifts that God gives. There are different kinds of gifts. How many of you noticed that in Romans chapter 12? There were several kinds mentioned. But notice now the next passage, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit of the, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues rather, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So we see, first of all, there's different kinds of gifts that are mentioned. And if you want to study them, they're in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. And we could take these spiritual gifts, and many have divided them into two general categories of gifts. I want to mention that if you're taking notes. First of all, you'll see here the permanent edifying gifts. There are some gifts that are permanent edifying gifts in use today in the church. Uh, we read of those in Romans 12. Ministering, ruling, exhorting, giving. And, and it's a wonderful thing to see those gifts in use at the church and in the Christian life. Secondly, there are those that we might call temporary sign gifts. Temporary sign gifts. Why do we refer to them as sign gifts? There's a little hint in your notes. 1 Corinthians 1.22 says, For the Jews require a what? Sign. The Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. And God in the first century allowed certain revelatory sign gifts so that people would say, whoa, this Christianity is real. And people would speak in a language other than their own and someone would interpret what they said and they would all receive a word from the Lord. And it was a wonderful phenomenon in the first century called uh, the gift of tongues with interpretation. The Bible does say in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. And whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Now, because tongues were a form of revelation, we believe they ceased uh, their use when the scriptural canon was closed. You'll not find any reference to tongues as you get back into these latter epistles. Uh, it was not a prominent type of uh, worship form in the church. Why? Because the Bible now was being completed. And as Baptists, we believe that the Bible is our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Okay. So we don't have the Bible 
plus someone else's revelation or another revelation or another Bible or another book like some denominations. We have the Bible alone as our authority. But those temporary sign gifts were important in the first century before the Bible was even completed. And so there are many different kinds of gifts, some permanent, some temporary, all have been important in the local churches. Secondly, they are given sovereignly. They are given sovereignly. When we use the word sovereign, we mean that God is God and he is sovereign in his choices. Why do these things happen to these people and these things to these people? Why does one have the gift of mercy and another the gift of administration and another the gift of teaching and another the gift of exhortation? Well, because God is sovereign. Do you follow what I'm saying? He, it's, it's his decision. Look at that in 1 Corinthians 12, 11. But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally, notice the phrase, as he will. So God superintends in the distribution of the gifts. And he, and he alone determines how he will gift. But know this, everyone who is saved and seated in this room today has been given by God a gift. He gives different gifts. He gives sovereignly. And thirdly, they are given by the Holy Spirit. Listen, the pastor can't give this to you. The church can't give this to you. No one can give this to you except the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, all right? And so we see the endowments of the Spirit. There are different spiritual gifts that are given at salvation by the Holy Spirit, different gifts to different people. Now, how many of you so far say, all right, so far I seem to understand here in the scriptures in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter chapter 4, that every man receives this spiritual enablement or gift. I'm with you so far. Give me a raise hand or an amen or something. All right, good. All right, we want to learn something this morning. So we have the endowment of the Spirit besides forgiveness and heaven. He gives us enablements or gifts whereby we might serve Him more effectively. Now let's notice, secondly, the edification of the Spirit. The edification. Now, why does God endow you with the ability to teach or help or serve? He does that because He wants you to edify others in the body and to build up the body and to be used for the glorification of Jesus Christ. He, he endows us that we might edify or build up the body. I had a lady come to me just last Sunday after church, after the 11 o'clock service. She may be here this morning. And she's not a younger lady. I wouldn't try to guess her age, but I'm going to say 60 to 70. She's been a member for a while. And she said to me, she said, Pastor Chapel. She said, I don't know how in the nursery, folding bulletins, doing something, but I would like to serve the Lord in my church. And within 24 hours, she received a call and we're helping her find a place of ministry. Why? Because she was sensing in her heart, she wanted to do something to edify the work of God and to be a part of advancing the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You see, you could liken this to a musician with his instrument. And the fact is that we are living instruments. 
crafted by uh, a God who is the divine instrument maker. And he wants our lives to be used of him to bring honor and glory to him. And he has given to us this privilege in the church. Now, we can edify this body in two different ways. And let me share those with you very quickly. First, through serving the Lord. God wants every one of us to use our gifts in service. Notice in verse 10, please, once again. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. All right, look at that phrase. Even so minister the same one to another. Let's say that together, ready, begin. Even so minister the same. So God says, I'm going to give you a desire and ability spiritually it is God that worketh in you both to give you the will and to do the work. I'm going to give you an ability to minister, uh, to organize, uh, to help, to teach. And now I want you to take that gift that I've given you and I want you to go out and I want you to serve others with that personally. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Now, church, let me have your attention. How many of you recognize that you are a part of the body of Jesus Christ, the local body at Lancaster Baptist Church, all right? And no one here is unimportant, and everyone here has a part, and the Lord adds to the church such as should be added. And God puts you here into this place so that together we might achieve more for His honor and glory. And verse 5 of Romans 12 says, We being many are one, and every one members one of another. Now verse 6, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. And then he begins to say those gifts. Some are the gifts of ministering and teaching and encouraging and giving and ruling. He says, I want you to use your gifts in the work of the ministry to serve uh, in and through this body called the local church. Hebrews 6.10, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And in this ministry, some will minister with speaking gifts, some with serving gifts. But it's just a wonderful thing to see people serving the Lord. But sometimes I wonder, what if every born-again Christian in America figured out what their gifts were and got plugged in serving God? What a different nation this might be. And what if every member of every church, including this one, would say, Hey, the Christian life is not a spectator sport. God didn't save me so I could sit on my blessed assurance. But God saved me and God gave me a spiritual ability to serve Him. And I want to figure out what that is. And I want to get involved serving my Lord. What a great church this is. But what a greater church this could become. If everyone said, I don't know what God gave me, but I want to figure it out. And I want to use it for His glory, you see. I want to serve the Lord in my church. God gives us these divine enablements that, that we might use them individually, one-on-one, -on -one, helping others in the body of Christ. And congregationally, Ephesians 4 says that Jesus gives some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so it is through service as you get plugged in and as I get plugged in and as we serve, then the body is edified as members are serving according to their giftedness and according to the will of God. But not only is there service mentioned, but secondly, I want you to see it is through our stewardship, through our stewardship. 
Now, notice, if you will, verse 10 of our text, 1 Peter 4, 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, watch this, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. All right? Let's say that phrase together. As good stewards. Say it again. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, a steward is someone who takes care of the gifts Someone who takes care of the things of another. A manager of household affairs. God says, I'm going to give you some gifts. I'm going to give you the gift of serving. The gift of helping. The gift of giving. God says, I want you to serve me with these gifts. And I want you to be a good steward of these gifts. If you had the vaccine for a disease and kept it in your closet at home, you would not be a good steward of that vaccine. And God says, I have given you abilities to serve, but I want you, according to verse 10, to be good stewards of that grace, those gifts that I give you. God says, I'm going to put some things into your hands. I'm going to give you some time, some talent, some treasure. And God says, I want you to take this and I want you to use it. Now, friend, if I take the gifts of God and if I sit on those gifts and I'm, I'm, I'm not using them, I'm not a wise steward. If you have the ability to help a children's class or sing in the choir or, or help the missionary or teach or drive the bus and God said, here, I've given you these desires and abilities, but you're sitting on them, then you are hindering the great things that God wants to do. God says, I don't want you to waste what I've given you. I want you to be a wise steward. And God has given you abilities that he intends to be used for the advancement of his Kingdom, And I challenge you this morning as a church, don't waste your spiritual enablements. 1 Corinthians 4 is in your notes. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Friend, when you begin to discover your spiritual gifts, and we'll help you with that, and you begin to use those for the Lord, be faithful with those. Don't hide it under a bush. Don't put it away. But use your abilities given by God for the glory of God. Be a steward of it. I heard a story of a pig and a hen who were walking down the road. They saw a poster for the church fellowship. The church was going to have a potluck, a harvest supper, and it said, don't miss it. We're going to have eggs and ham at the potluck. It's going to be great. And the hen said to the pig, isn't that nice that we can help the pastor out with the potluck? And the pig replied to the hen, he said, well, it's nice for you because you're making a contribution, but I'm making a sacrifice. <laughs> now, somewhere between contribution and sacrifice is where every one of us ought to be living. Saying, Lord, you've been good to me. You've saved me. And Lord, you've given me the ability to talk to kids or the ability to make some money or the ability to organize some things or the ability to help uh, widows in the nursing home. And God, I'm not going to stay at home with my remote control squandering the abilities that you've given to me. But God, I want to take my spiritual gifts and I want to be a part of the body of Christ, the local church. And I want to be a part of what you've called me to do. Not living for myself, but living for your kingdom and for your glory. God says, hey, I'm going to provide the raw material, but you've got to do something with it. I want you to be involved. The average church is like a football game. 50,000 screaming fans 
badly in need of exercise, watching 22 players on the field badly in need of rest. My friend, we believe at Lancaster Baptist Church that every member should be a minister. Everyone should get involved. The endowments of the Spirit, these are the gifts. The edification of the Spirit. When everyone gets plugged in with their gift, then the church is edified. But notice finally, the exaltation of the Spirit. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you're interested in watching Pastor Chapel preach live during a Lancaster Baptist Church service, you can now log on to lbclive.tv Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. Visit lancasterbaptist.org for a list of times and other services. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chapel serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.